Welcome back to the Winging It podcast, how to build, maintain, and totally own a career that you love. Every week, I'm sitting down with an expert to help business owners and career women learn something new that will help them achieve success and balance in a career path that makes you happy. Today's episode is all about finding your niche. The beauty of starting a business in 2019 is that anyone can do it. And if you're listening to this in 2020 and beyond, you can still do it too. With just a laptop, you can set up a website and begin selling. But if anyone can do it, everyone can also do it, which means in a competitive online world, we need to be doing everything we possibly can to find our niche and make ourselves stand out. The music for this podcast is epic, I know. It's been provided by The Edit Album, a curation of copyright-free music for creatives. Our listeners get 25% off with the code SASSY25 and I'll leave the link in the description box or if you're listening on Entel, you'll be able to click the link now. If you're listening to this on your phone, make sure you get the best experience by downloading the Entel app. Entel is an interactive podcast platform that combines the best of audio storytelling with the richness of the web. So this means you'll be able to follow links, view images, follow people on social and much more by just tapping your phone. I am sat with the lovely Wendy Shan. Mm -hmm. Did I pronounce that right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. In your own words, who are you and what do you do? So my name is Wendy Shand. I am a mother of three and I run Tots 2 Travel, which is a, a niche travel company that specialises in holidays for families with young children. Amazing. And I already know quite a lot about Tots to Travel. Um, but what I think we should kind of get into beforehand, because we've just had a really interesting conversation about women entrepreneurship. Um, can you talk us through your career story from the beginning? So like, did you go to uni? What mm -hmm. have you done? Like, what did you do since then? And first jobs, all of that. Oh, okay. Well, it's quite a long. <laughs> it's quite a long story. So I hope you've all got a cup of coffee. Yeah, um, I love a long story. Long Please story. <laughs> so I um, start. I did go to university. I did geography at Leeds, um, and then I came out with a really, really very, very interested in marketing and um, public relations. So I did. I, my first few jobs were. Um, in marketing, I was doing marketing for UK Sport, which is responsible for all our elite athletes and helping them oh. to um, be able to go to the Olympics and so on. So that was an organisation set up specifically to support our elite athletes. I then worked for a PR agency and then I met my husband who um, was training to be a fast jet pilot. Wow. So I realised that my big London marketing career was going to be very short-lived because there are not very many fast jets flown out of London City Airport. And that Shame. really, in order to fly a fast jet, you have to go to the outer reaches of the country or else you you can't fly loud, obnoxious aeroplanes in, in very populated areas. So at that point, I thought, well, OK, I will do my teacher training. So I taught um, early years for a, a few years until his career again put the kibosh on that. And we were posted to North Wales, which um, unless you speak Welsh, that's uh, you can't teach in North Wales. So so that was the end of that career. So there's two careers under my belt, by which stage we had two very tiny children. And I was really beginning to ask the question, you know, how do families go away on holiday? Um, we'd done a, a club holiday with Mark Warner where all of us were bunched into one bedroom and um, our son was waking up at four o'clock in the morning shouting for breakfast and the breakfast doesn't open until eight o'clock. So you think, OK, what am I going to do between four o'clock and eight o'clock with a two year old? 
So that was the sort of the first holiday, thinking that's not a huge success. And then the second time we, we thought, OK, well, let's learn the lessons from the first holiday. And this time we'll go and rent a cottage in France. Both of us speak French, so that felt accessible. So this is 2000 and, uh, 2004, 2005, to give you an idea. So we, we're still on dial-up internet. We're still on really rudimentary, oh yes. <laughs> oh yes, really rudimentary internet connections and keyword searches and so on. So I was putting in baby-friendly holidays, toddler-friendly holidays. Um, knowing full well that I needed two cots and two high chairs and two of everything. And the the um, stuff that was coming back was like, we're family friendly, we've got a cot and a high chair. And I was like, well, you clearly haven't been to my house recently, which was, you know, <laughs> stuck, stacked to the gunnels with small kid um, paraphernalia. My parents at that point said, OK, well, we will drive to France and we will put everything that you need in the back of our car and we'll all drive out there and we, and we thought okay that sounds reasonable let's let's have a go at that so I just booked a cottage that looked really nice um, and we all made our way out there really benefiting from using um, the budget airlines flying out of the small airports so out of Southampton and into Bergerac which is a really easy thing to manage with two small children and then when we got there and we got into the throes of the holiday it just became actually quite challenging to keep everybody um, safe and alive. Um, and the thing that did happen on that holiday was that Barnaby um, fell into the unenclosed swimming pool that was there and he just sank. And that's what, you know, it's not a big splashy event. It's just a very slow, uh, almost like watching time stop, oh um, slow motion. Um, we were very lucky and were there and quickly enough to get him out. But, yeah. you know, that's one of those sliding door moments in a person's life where it could have ended very differently. And, and so there was much about that holiday that made me think, why on earth is the travel industry not dealing with this enormous number of families who have a, a very specific stage in their lives where they have a lot more questions, they have very specific needs. Why is the travel industry not dealing with them? Um, and is it a really rubbish idea or actually it's a great idea? Um, just they haven't caught on and, my, and we were just talking about curiosity just now curiosity got the better of me and I thought I can't I can't let this can't let this go got to got to explore this a bit more yeah I suppose also uh, families of that age you don't have to conform school holidays so you can totally go on, you can go on holiday Anytime. 52 weeks of the year oh that's a nice thought <laughs> all year every year yes and, and actually that was a really key part of it because essentially what I started was a two-sided marketplace with families on one side um, and on the other side the suppliers and in this case it was the villa owners um, who I knew could rent out their properties hand over fist for six weeks of the year but actually in the weeks either side of that were empty and yeah. I was thinking, so there must be some magic here if I can design the product more um, more appropriately for families with small children with stair gates and, you know, the kit and, and more thought and pool enclosures, clearly. Um, and and the owners who are actually quite motivated to fill those difficult to let weeks. And that was the basic premise of what we started off with. Amazing. Oh, it seems a long time ago now. <laughs> I was going to say, how, how long ago was that when you started? So 2006. 2006. Yeah. So how did you how did you do your research? Well, no, we had internet then. But yeah. do you know what I mean? I always say to people, and I talk about it all the time in this podcast, yeah. how did people start a business without the internet? <laughs> or like with, well, when the internet was in its very yeah. basic stages? Um, I asked parents, I asked, I was talking to people in mums and tots groups and things like that. But to be honest, Lucy, I was going to do it, whatever anybody said to me. I, there there was, <laughs> there was just, I had just two, it just made sense, you know, yeah. it just, there was just this intuition in me that said, if this is something I need, 
um, then I reckon other people need it. And actually, there's a there's a fabulous. Um, if you have ever listened to Marcia Kilgore um, talking about her story, so she's the lady behind Fit Flops. Ah, um, okay. What else? She she did Bliss, which was a, a range of um, skincare. She's also Soap and Glory, so she's done three or four businesses. Wow. Amazing lady. Yeah. Um, she says she said every time I just I I I wanted it, so I created it because I knew there were people out there like me. But that's a lot of people do that, and yeah. I think sometimes when people have those ideas, well, either you're a type of person that's like I'm going to do it, yeah, or you think about it, and go, that's a great idea, I'm going to do it, and then you just don't. <laughs> I know, and I, th- I don't... My husband asked me that same question the other day. He said, you know, what do you think it is about you that, you know, makes you get up and do it and other people don't? And I don't know, maybe it's just insatiable curiosity or just bloody-mindedness, I'm not sure. But there is definitely something... I think there there is something in entrepreneurs that says, actually, I've just got to give this a go. It makes sense to me. I've just got to give it a go. And so how has the business evolved from when you first started is how mm. much has kind of changed since oh gosh completely changed i mean the vision is the same so the vision is all about um holidays stress-free family holidays for families with under fives because we absolutely at the heart of everything we do believe that holidays make families stronger it's the only time in the year where a family stops and is able to recalibrate so so that's the that is the guiding premise um, and that is the impact that we as a business are making um the delivery has changed a little bit. We've still got a lot of villas. So we started on day one with nine, nine villas in France. And then we expanded to, we put villas in Spain and, and Italy and Portugal. And so really grew as a villa business. But villa businesses are quite tricky to scale. If you want a website with a thousand villas on it, you need a thousand different owners. You need a thousand different pricing contracts yeah. a thousand different a thousand different how do you get into the property on a saturday night you know that so you can you can just imagine the sheer kind of scale of that yeah um so we started working with resorts that have villas around the outside of them so that's um, actually a perfect product for families with small children and then as the internet has evolved and as people have um evolved they the way that they use it Actually, there's a big challenge for quite a lot of businesses in lots of different sectors whereby you see it on what you see a product on one site, maybe John Lewis or something like a yeah. broom or a dustpan and brush or something. And then you go and check it on Amazon and then you go and check it somewhere else and you buy, end up buying it probably on Amazon. Well, exactly the same thing happens in the travel industry. You find a hotel or a, or a villa on one site and then you Google it and find it somewhere else. And that is called disintermediation. I actually did that last night. Did you? Shocking. Shocking. Um, I think it's really natural behaviour. <laughs> but in the end, what it means is that you can spend a lot of time curating a beautiful website of other people's product. But actually, unless you own the product and you own the, own the routes to market, the channels, it's very likely that that is happening to you. So the next step from that was to say, OK, we need to effectively own our own, I own in adverted commas, own our own resorts, own our own product. So we, we got investment into the business in 2016 and started our own line of resorts. <laughs> so what does that mean? So that, that means in what, as in the whole resort? 
In some cases, yes. So oh, we start. So you start off small with something like this. Yeah. Um, so that allowed us to do a couple of things. It allowed us to control our channels. So those villas you can only get on our website, and it also allowed us to start controlling the experience on the ground. So families were coming back to me. I was getting a bit frustrated actually by what was actually being delivered on the ground. Families were saying to me, and I totally get this. Um, we feed our children at five o'clock in the afternoon. That's what British families do. And then they put them in there in bed by seven and the parents have got some time to themselves. Spanish children, by extension, are up at 10 o'clock at night. And yeah. now British children are pretty hideous at 10 o'clock at night because they're just not trained for that way of that routine. So I was saying to hotel owners, guys, it'd be so good if you served breakfast much earlier. So breakfast at maybe seven. and we actually want to feed our children at five and they'd look at me like I'd completely lost the plot um and they go no 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 Wendy no 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 no. nobody eats supper at five o'clock in the afternoon I went yeah they do British families do and then their children are in bed by seven and that's it and they no, you know disbelief this cultural disbelief yeah <laughs> and so um so we had to start getting a bit more control over the experience on the ground. So one of the things that happens in our resorts, for example, is breakfast happens at seven o'clock in the morning and we have a pyjama breakfast. So the kids arrive in their pyjamas on their little wooden trikes and we oh, we feed them. I want to um, do my breakfast. Like <laughs> in your pyjamas, I know, is it's cool. <laughs> and we mainline or mainline coffee into parents' veins and they're they're happy as oh, well. No, that's that's more like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's just so it was a it was an opportunity for us to really look at at reimagining how a family holiday should yeah. be with small children. Your 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 metrics for your family holiday are very different once you have children. It's not how many books did I read or how many hours did I get on the sunbed. It's it's much more basic. Did I keep everyone alive? Did we have some fun? You know, did the children stay in their routine and, you know, how many timber tantrums they had. It's a completely different set of metrics. Yeah. So, I guess you've ha- you've had a very specific niche mm-hmm. from the beginning. Um and I don't know whether but I'm not sure whether most businesses have a niche, but um, I know when we spoke about you coming on today, uh, you were very keen to kind of talk about um, how having a niche can actually help with building a business. And I think you're a very good example of that because obviously you've you've located a problem and Mm -hmm. you're you're doing it Mm -hmm. kind of better than anyone else. And I mean, I said to you earlier, someone yesterday had mentioned that they'd um, their wife had had shown the website, so it's obviously working. (laughs) Um, Yep. So talk to me. The power of a niche. I don't know how anyone exists without having a niche. It's It gives you such enormous clarity over what your business is there to do and who your business is speaking to. So, I mean, knowing that I'm talking to, to mums with one or more children under the age of five allows me to know where they are, first of all. So so in terms of sort of scattergun marketing, I know exactly where they are. I know exactly... So we ran our first TV ads over Christmas this year. Um, I know where they are. I know, you know, I know which... Ad, yeah. I know exactly which um, channels mums mums are, are, are watching or what their children are watching and they're watching in the background. Um, it, it enables me to know exactly what pain they have. So I know that we need to put in a pyjama breakfast because I know that the, those those mums are not getting a lion until 10 o'clock. Um, so, and I know how to turn that into something that is fun and we can communicate in a fun way. I know what wording to use on the site because I know what really resonates with them. Um, and then I know how to build the conversation. I know, I just know their pains. I know what they're going through. And also through. you've been there as well. Been so. there, been there, done it. I know that for me, 
you know, I, I think because we, we have such enormous resonance on social media, our, our engagement is higher than John Lewis or Amazon. Or if you put all of the um, travel companies in the UK together, our resonance is higher, our engagement is higher than any of those. So the engage, so so there's something very special happening there, and it's because we are very real, you know, in our discuss in our conversations on Facebook. It's about keeping it real. It's not about a sort of cashmere booty or Ralph Lauren body uh, baby grow. Yeah, picture perfect, picture perfect <laughs> version of the world. It's not that. It's it's actually it's actually something much more down to earth. Largely talking a lot about alcohol because I think alcohol is the only way <laughs> mums get through the whole process <laughs> so you know it's about it's about building resonance and I think when you have that very tight focus on who your niche is you can get that resonance yeah I think you actually raised a very good point just then is that pain points and someone uh, someone asked a question uh, to me on Instagram the other day about how can they market a new product mm-hmm. uh, how can they market a new product to a different audience even though it was kind of the same product but slightly different uh, just a different audience and I think the pain point of well marketing a product is all about the pain point really you know what what are you providing and what's the solution Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's very that's a very important way of marketing to such a niche yeah I love that I love the idea um there's a there's a story about a guy that took himself off into a into a, a cabin and wanted to understand what is the commonality between every single book that's been written or every single story, and he 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 came once he'd done read all these books he'd come up with this analysis and he calls it the heroes the hero story, that actually um, if you think about say Star Wars, the 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 story of of Star Wars is about a young guy who wants to wants to solve a problem and then he goes and finds a mentor to help him and 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 that our job our job in creating and and marketing a product is not to be the hero our job is to be the mentor to solve the problem oh so it's called the it's the hero's the hero's story i mean it's the same story whether it's harry potter or star wars or anything it's there's consistency so our job is to be the mentor our job is to help our customers solve their problems by mentoring them to do that they are the hero, not us. Oh, love that. That's just so. What, what, can we find that on the internet? Is yeah, that a thing? yeah. Let me let me find that for you, and then you can okay. put it in the show notes oh, afterwards. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes. That's really cool. Um, so, as an online business, especially in the travel sector, mm. there's there is a hell of a lot of competition. Um, I mean, you've kind of talked about it already, but for other people, how how do you think? people can make themselves stand out online as a small business because um i mean the beauty of the internet is that anyone can start a business but yeah. it mean also means that everyone can start a business yes which means it's obviously a very competitive marketplace yeah i think you have to i think you have to to be very put a lot of thought into it and I think a, a really key part of it is this differentiation so you've got to create like I said earlier about moving from a, from really being a villa business to being having our own resorts that's quite I mean that's quite a drastic yeah step um 
but it's about creating a, something that's differentiated that you can't get anywhere else. So if you can get it on Amazon, there's no point in copying Amazon because Amazon will always win. Booking.com was always going to win. Um, you have to create something that's highly differentiated that you can't get anywhere else. And that comes back to understanding the pains and understanding your niche market because once you've understood yeah. your niche market and you've understood the pains and you've understood them better than anybody else, then you can design a product to solve those pain points. And then when, once you've solved those pain points by creating a product that you can't get anywhere else, then you then you can do the really lovely stuff with brand and engagement and how can I how can I do this differently? I, mean, I think there's so much opportunity to to do to do en- almost anything in a fresher different way yeah. with a better tone do you think it, do you think it has much to do with branding because i'm going to give you <laughs> i'm going to give an example i don't know if you looked at my website but it's very pink <laughs> there is pink everywhere so i think people like to think that sassy digital has oh. a niche which we do i mean i work with a lot of women but surprisingly it doesn't actually turn men off they like yeah. i looked at your website and it was very pink and i'm kind of thinking bit weird as a bloke to want to work with you do you work with other men I'm like yeah and they're like oh okay all right then let's give it a go (laughs) well I suppose your your reputation must be going before ahead of you well (laughs) I like to think so I think branding (laughs) I think branding's really really important one of my favorite questions is to ask people you know what what's your favorite brand and actually, it's really interesting. Some people, some people, you can sit and you are there for hours talking about the favourite brands. You know, I had a flight with a with a with an owner, business owner, the other day, and I was saying to him, "What's your favourite? What's your favourite brand?" And we were there for the whole three hours talking about our favourite brands. The person on my right hand side literally couldn't answer the question. But some people are way more um, kind of visually creative, or like marketing headed yeah, so yes. the people that don't get I mean a lot of people I work with I, I have no idea what I want please just tell me just what I want me, yeah. and that that's probably a classic case yeah. of that but I do I do agree with you could, I mean I could go on about branding for hours and oh, hours and hours so fascinating and I think and, and I, I feel very compelled by strong brands I think I think so in answer to your question I think some people are very keyed into brand and other people who are less keyed into brand they can't articulate what it is that they like about your brand but it is just something they just can't articulate it yeah so I think brand is really important and I think it's a really important differentiator and as someone who is clearly good with branding, what would you give any tips to people who are potentially not, you know, they kind of know what their niche is and stuff, but they're not really sure? Mm-hmm. I think you probably need to go and find some help. Yeah. Maybe Lucy's the person to speak to. Oh. I, w- I mean, I wasn't gunning for that. <laughs> no, but now you mention it. Now you mention it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think I think brand is really important. I think, um, you know, if you look, so look at banking, for example. You know, what are the banks? Na- there, are, there are some, you know, fresh new starter banks, aren't there, that are hugely compelling. Oh, yeah. And and look at then look at look back at HSBC or NatWest and, and just go, oh, gosh, that kills me to... Yeah. Everything, everything they they classic are classic uh, brick and mortar. Yes, and unable to really move with the times and understand actually what 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 it is. A, we want from a bank, and also B, how we want to how we want our relationship to be with that bank, and how we want that to look and feel. And the brand is the brand really helps to convey that. Yeah, that's true. This podcast is not sponsored. So I thought, what better way to help more businesses out than to shout out some amazing women doing amazing things. Zoe and Lauren run the Instagram account Reality Fashion Hunters. 
They've been friends for over 10 years and they love working together. Zoe's a graphic designer and Lauren is a primary school teacher, so the account is run in their spare time, which I think is really cool. Side hustle babes. In September 2017, they began finding outfits and posting them on their page. They realized that like themselves, everyone wants to know where the latest celebrity and influencer looks are from. In January 2018, they had 5,000 followers and now they have 85,000, which is amazing girls smashing it. They get especially busy around the Love Island period, posting as many outfits as they can on their stories with the option to swipe up to shop. They also now have the tap to buy option on their posts, making it even easier to shop. They've been supported by celebrities such as Love Island winner Amber Davies, Great British Bake Off winner Candice Brown and founder and CEO of Misguided. Do you think every business needs to have a niche? I think if you can find a niche that is big enough and deep enough to go for, you should go after that. I mean, your 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 person who's got the same wants to use the same product in a different in a different market should probably create a second website and, and market exactly them separately. What I said. Oh, great minds. <laughs> well, yeah. we could talk about this afterwards. We really could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should. They should. You know, and th- and therefore you are you you can use the same product, but just just be cleverer about how you're speaking to people it's really it's in parenting the parenting market is highly highly fragmented so if you think about the stages that you go through as a parent you know when you've got a tiny baby is really different to when you've got a toddler which is really different from when you've got a child at school or or a teenager your brain is not in the same place and so you need to be spoken to really differently not in a patronizing way you need to be really respectful but you know the, where you're where you are at that stage of your life is really really different uh, and and they you can't just bunch them all together in one fell swoop because they're going through different life phases yeah i guess that also comes back to it sorry just going back to branding i know what i was going to say now i just completely lost it but um for people that aren't good with branding mm-hmm. and what we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. the people who kind of they can't quite work out what it is that they why they resonate with a brand yeah i actually think a really good way of um if you're not good at it a a good way of kind of getting an understanding is just go for a google search just do loads of research and i just think some people no offense to the people that don't like to do research but you really have to like you have to go and do research and you have to you have to look at other brands that you like the look of and, mm-hmm. and actually I bet if you screenshotted websites and logos of brands that you resonate with you'd be able to find a similar sort of yeah pattern it's it's interesting though isn't it because it's not the brand that we like I sat yesterday with with a couple of guys in, on my team who've done a brilliant job with redesigning a couple of pages they wanted me to like it of course they did but what I kept saying was actually I don't need to like this because it's not about whether I like it, yeah, it's or it's about whether my audience yeah. likes it. And and we've used a lot of, you know, we've done used a lot of data. We've used a lot of CRA oh, yeah. data. We've yeah. done we've done probably for the first time done something that's you know really come from a data data led perspective. Um, and and so it's not about whether I like it or whether what necessarily resonates with me. Now, particularly now because I'm not, I've got teenagers, so I'm not in that market anymore. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think, I do think that if you are not brand orientated and and a bit baffled by the whole thing, then you you definitely need some need to get some help. Um, I mean, I I can't I can't design. I'm not a designer, but I can say I do want a brand that is like this, 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 and this. And actually, and one way of doing it is to look at look at brands that aren't in your sector. What oh, brands totally do you agree. really love, and what is it about those brands you really love that you um, 
you would want to apply in like tone or, or look or color or, 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 or feel. And that's a really nice way of shaking things up as well mm. because I think to have, for example, I was speaking to a lady earlier who wants to start a kind of wellness meditation Pilates, she's kind of meditation teacher, Pilates teacher and but she wants to target corporates yeah. companies specifically and obviously if you're talking to a corporate audience versus a normal audience you know you have to the branding will have to speak to them rather yeah. than be kind of you know all these lovely kind of scandy kind of floaty <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, brands these yeah. days because it just won't speak to a corporate audience yeah so. she's got b2c customer hasn't she exactly yeah. so it's looking at looking at um people who, who do sort of similar things in the same mm-hmm. sector is a really good way and also looking at colors i always think um accountants always use blue they do there's some trusts <laughs> they think that's trust <laughs> color um mentality yes psychology that's what i meant yeah i think i think brand's really important i really do but then you and I would because we're brand so now we've gone on a, we've gone on a tangent <laughs> but have. it's important for niches I do think yeah um so what would be if you had to give top uh three top tips to market your business to a niche audience I mean we've probably covered some mm-hmm. of this already mm-hmm. what what would they be uh, so over and above having a highly differentiated um product and working out how you're going to stand out in that market and what your voice and your personality your brand is going to look like I think um, I think there's 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 a strong argument for using the power of your of yourself because you bring authenticity and, and trust to it particularly in some I mean travel is uh, travel is a really good example of an industry that's actually dominated by some big big quite um, fusty travel companies you know there's a lot of mistrust around there's 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 not much authenticity but actually we've we've used the me actually as a tool to really get out there and tell the story that and really present something that has authenticity and trust behind it um so i think that's that's really powerful and there's lots of ways to use to use a personality within that um i th- and within that you've then got to have a point of view you can't be bland you've got to you've got to be prepared to stand up and say what you're about and and what you you know what you stand for i think that's really important as well yeah a lady who i used to work with um said this quote not in relation to business but she said there's only one you and you will bring something to this world that no one else has yes and i think that is so true for business because there is only one you as a founder Mm -hmm. of a business i mean Mm -hmm. co-founders you know a thing too but there is only one you and you even if you're doing something that a hundred other people are doing, you will bring a totally new perspective yeah. to that. Yeah. And I think that's quite a nice way of summing up the whole kind of. I, th- I think that's. Right. I think that's right. And I think you, you only you, because in the end, we're all marketing to people. So we we're, we're just marketing to other people, um, and so we we have to we have to make that human at some at some some level. And I think then the last thing is that we have all have got so much more potential than we ever realise. We're we're so much. I mean, this idea that you might they might you know I need to reach my potential kind of suggests that there's a ceiling to your potential. But actually, there's no ceiling. You just you just keep going up. Yeah. You, there is so so much brilliance in each and every one of us. So much uniqueness in each and every one of us. And that's our job to bring that to the party. Yeah. But it comes with time as well. I think some people expect to 
start business and reach their potential on the first day <laughs> you're like is it oh, happened yet <laughs> yes i'm still waiting i'm still waiting for that I, and i think it's it's still the most extraordinarily steep learning curve even 13 years in I, I i'd like to be able to say that it's you know it's all a breeze and it's all become much easier actually it just is such a steep learning curve even now well that's a relief to hear <laughs> is that a relief i don't know i was hoping at some point it might get easier <laughs> uh, well i think we all hope that don't we i'm like five years in now like yeah. Are you going to get easier? No, it's <laughs> yeah. not. It's fine. But, you know, I'd rather be here than working with someone else. That's true. That is true. <laughs> okay, so what is one app that you couldn't do your job without? And I'm saying it can't be social media because yeah. a lot of people say social media. <laughs> we are becoming, as a business, increasingly dependent on Asana. So, oh. Yeah, I love Asana. Yes, I know, and 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 I'm not really a list ticker offer, but I I am loving loving some of the elements that um, Asana brings to the. I've party. got it up on my desktop right now. Have you? <laughs> well, no, you can not tick, right you, now. In a minute, you'll be able to tick me off. <laughs> I know. Well, this is the thing. I love ticking. Yes, and so I it love, suits you. I love when you tick off a task on Asana and it kind of like swipes off the screen. You're yes, like, yes, and then you can see your to do list going down for the day. Yeah, and. What else can you do? I mean, you can set up projects with teams and... Have you discovered this shortcut that's tab B? What, what does that do? Puts a cat on your screen. What? <laughs> Hang on, let's try it. So tab B. Yours doesn't do it. My husband's does it. And he has also done his so that oh. if when he ticks off something, a, a, a unicorn, a rainbow-coloured unicorn goes across his screen. I, someone's having too much fun at work. I know. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to find out exactly what the um, oh, what he's do done. That now. What he's I don't. Done. To be fair, I don't think I use Asana to its full potential. And Becky, who's just joined my team, came in the first day. She's a placement student, but I oh, just love students because they just know way more than I do. Um, she came on here and was like, sorted her whole thing out. I was like, how did you do that? <laughs> I didn't think you could set reoccurring timers. So I have reoccurring ones that now pop up every week. So like reoccurring tasks that I have to do. Yes. Never even knew you could do that until like a month ago. Oh, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. I got a bit geeked out yesterday on colour coding it all and putting it all into different, it all, sorting out that favourites list on the left-hand side. Oh, I really need to do that. Goodness me. Anyway, thanks. That is a great app. I agree with you. Um... And at the end of every episode, I usually give a motivational, inspiring tip of the week. Can you please share one with us today? Mm, well, I I lean to um, Henry Ford, and he says, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So oh. either way, if you think you can do it, you can do it. If you think you can't do it, you're right. You won't be able to do it. Positive mindset mm. is such an important thing. I am. I always say to people, I'm a glass full. I'm not even a glass half full. I'm, oh, I like gla- I'm the whole glass full. <laughs> so I feel so... I'd, <laughs> I don't want to like... I'm not one of these people... I'm obviously not positive all the time. But I do think I have that... You know, you've yeah. got to have that can-do attitude. And totally. if, you, if you wake up in the morning... Sometimes I wake up in the morning. I'm like, nah, screw this. And then I'm like, do you know what? Yeah. I'm just not going to work today because there's just no point. I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. And yeah. if you're... Honestly, if you're not in the... If you're not negative, I can't mm. move. And it's just like... Pff, Whatever. The other thing, if we've got time to share this, is is um, something do. I've discovered this summer, which is not an app, and it's a good old-fashioned paper book thing, oh. which is called um, the Freedom Mastery, and it's it's a big old tome. You can get it on Amazon. It's like twenty-five quid, and it totally all that stuff that you've read about, you know, writing your vision and writing your values and all of that, and then tying that into your 
monthly goals and weekly goals and then daily goals is all is is all in a very structured process in this book oh it takes a long time to do but it's it just is especially if you're kind of um you know leaning towards sort of law of attraction type stuff the the freedom mastery i, I just think is amazing oh okay i'm gonna so, look that up do because it i it has a all you know all that idea about you know setting your vision and then setting your goals and then working it backwards and then you know what goal am i going to do today what am i doing today what is my priority is all is all very good in theory but actually it's quite difficult to keep going yeah but this actually puts the structure in to keep it going on a daily and weekly basis and i'm not particularly good at routine or particularly good at ticking things off but i am pretty good at this oh i need to do yeah that. it is it's so good so good. i i'm one of those people that moves things like the next week so i i know what my goals are but then they kind of get on asana move to <laughs> following week <laughs> don't have time for that this week so yes. i need to do that i'm gonna look that up definitely where can we find tots to travel online well the obvious www.tots2travel.co.uk is it a two as no in? it's the word two in the oh, middle okay. T-O. yeah sorry just need to clarify no that's a good one to clarify actually um i think they do all send you to the same place but it's no it's the word two um and obviously on our facebook or tots to travel facebook page or instagram or any of the normal normal places amazing well thank you so much for coming in today that was honestly so interesting and i love having other people's point of view especially on branding because that's (laughs) like totally geeking out on that (laughs) oh absolutely my pleasure and thank you for having me you are so welcome and for anyone who's listening please go and leave a review if you like this episode and make sure you subscribe you can find sassy digital at sassy digital and you can find me at lucy hitchcock underscore thank you so much wendy thank you